One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. I just want to pray into uh, the vision that I gave you this morning um, because the emphasis of what I was telling you is that if you simplify the gospel to he baptizes you in fire, you get supernaturally equipped with the Holy Ghost, you begin to pray, and when you pray, he responds to you, he gives you vision, and then you begin to change the world because you're embracing his vision and you begin to speak his vision, right? Amen. So the word of the Lord was that he wants to take you deeper, right? He wants, he wants you to literally dwell at the altar, dwell in a place of prayer so that the manna that he has hidden, he doesn't want to keep it hidden, but there's protection. There's, there's elements that until your heart connects with his in, in the depths of the spirit, um, the manna, is, it's like it's held back, but he wants to give it to you, right? That's a pretty cool picture, but um, at the end of the day, Sons and daughters, ultimately, the goal is that you actually find your destiny. Do you know that there's a destiny? Every person in here has a destiny. The, the, the Bible talks about the books of heaven. Jesus said in, um, actually in, in Hebrews 10, it talks about the, uh, Jesus, Jesus uh, is, is, is being revealed as the one. He says, behold, it is written uh, of me in the books, Right? Do you know there's a book written about every son and daughter in heaven? Do you feel that? Come on, that's the, that's the Lord confirming to you um, that you do have a destiny. I don't care what the Lord has defined you as or limited you to or, or whatever the world did to you, but the Lord has a plan and a destiny for you that he wants to unveil to you. Amen? There's a book that's written of you. There's multiple books. Some, some of you have, have literally like volumes of books. Amen? And as, as we uh, learn the way of the Spirit, as He teases us with, with breadcrumbs, pretty soon those breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs become whole loaves of bread, become whole bakeries, like I can't get fed enough, Right? And so he's got this hidden manna that he wants to reveal to you. So the issue is not Satan. The issue is not Satan. You can blame the devil. You can uh, assign all the problems to the devil. And yeah, is he responsible for a lot of it? Heck yeah. But at the end of the day, the issue is not Satan. You know why? Because this supernatural one, this one who went to the cross, who took your sin, who took all separation, who took brokenness, death, he took all things that separate you on him to the grave. And when he went, it says says that he descended into hell. He literally took Satan by the neck, right? He took all the keys. So now he holds the keys of death and sin as well as life. 
If Jesus holds all keys, death, sin, and life, how many keys does Satan hold? That'd be a goose egg where I come from. That'd be zero, right? Not nada, zero. So if Satan is not your issue, obviously the Lord has a way for you to actually get out or overcome or dominate, but it's hidden. He, ta- he, he, he teases you. He equips you with the Holy Spirit and He gives you these amazing gifts to actually pursue Him. But there's this, this, there's this thing of sons and daughters pursuing with expectation that He gives you bread. He, give, he, he is the living bread. He is the one who feeds you. And as that bread is revealed, as the visions and the dreams are revealed, suddenly people who were insignificant, unable, unqualified, suddenly the Lord qualifies you because you see His vision, because you dream His dream. Are you getting a picture? You see, religion paints a picture of just come to the altar and say you believe in Jesus. And there's even theologies out there that says, oh yeah, once you go to the altar, then everything's good. But you know, Jesus doesn't define it like that. Right? Jesus defines it a little bit differently. You see, Jesus actually, He says this about being born again. I'm just going to read this to you. So that you don't think these are my words. These are actually his words. This is a pretty popular scripture. You probably know it. Um, John uh, 3, verse 3. Jesus answered Nicodemus and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. He cannot have vision. Right? Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. Right? Right? So it's not just about having vision. It's about entering. That's a a pretty freaky uh, perception. Wait, are you supposed to have visitations? Are you supposed to have angels coming to you from heaven? Are you supposed to be taken to heaven? Are you supposed to have encounters like John where the Lord says, come up here, John. I have more things to show you. I want to unveil the kingdom to you. I want, that's, what the, that's what the word revelation means. The book of revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm unveiling to you. And so if you, if you understand the concept, the book of revelation as the religious guys paint this picture of doom and gloom and death to you, no, no, no. The revelation of Jesus Christ is how Jesus Christ comes and begins to dominate the earth. To reveal the kingdom on earth. To release the supernatural ones. To unveil the kingdom as part of Jesus' unveiling. The sons and daughters of God coming out of heaven. Right? You you heard the preacher talking about being seated in heaven, right? Right? You really believe that? So if you're seated in heaven in Christ, some of you might get the revelation that you're seated on a horse with the one who has eyes burning with fire, robe dipped in blood, hair blowing in the wind, and he's on his white horse, you're on your white horse, and you in the spirit of prophecy are coming out of heaven with his vision to invade the earth instead of going, oh my God, I hope I'm not here when the locusts come on the earth. Are you afraid of that? Are you afraid of, or has religion taught you to fear revelation? Not me, baby. 
Send me to the darkest places on earth. Send me to the places where the drug dealers are. Send me to the places where they're broken, lost, in trailer parks, don't have any money. Send me there, Lord. I'll prophesy, raise a dead man, heal the sick. I'll do what you need me to do because I know the revelation of Jesus. Amen? Again, I told you this this morning, you're supposed to be the most feared people on earth. Instead of you fearing the time of Jesus' revelation, the world is supposed to fear you coming because they can't stop you. The person who knows the vision of God can't be stopped. People say, well, how'd you go to India all by yourself? I don't know. I had a dream. I had a vision. He came to me in a dream. He says, a man's going to call you. Go. I get a call seven days later. Go. Whoa. By myself, get on an airplane, stand in front of thousands of people and begin to prophesy the word of the Lord and see blind people, see the deaf here, see Hindus who were worshiping at a statue in the morning come into the altar and being shaken by the presence of the Lord. So don't you tell me it can't be done. One man, one woman who has the vision of the Lord is the most powerful weapon on earth. The world will fear you. Satan will fear you instead of what the church has taught many of you to fear Satan. Come on, I know I'm, pro- I'm, I'm tapping on some things. You're not supposed to be afraid. That doesn't mean you don't sense fear. You be real with yourself. Yeah, when I go to India, I go in certain places. Yeah, I sense fear. I I know what evil feels like. But the Lord says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. That doesn't mean you're not going to feel it. That means you set your heart on Christ, expecting in Him to release heaven on earth. And you become the most powerful force on earth. You see, a lot of you have been trained to think about the church as p- being positioned and, and being birthed into positions. And there's a lot about the organization of, of a group of people. But the most fundamental element in a relationship is you knowing the Holy Spirit, trusting the Holy Spirit, believing in the Holy Spirit, that He has a plan for your life. You are a son and daughter of God. He'll not leave you or forsake you, and that you are going to begin to dominate everything that has dominated you. And whenever you begin to dominate what's around you, guess what? He starts sending you places. Have you been sent places? If you haven't been sent places, we got to start dominating your life. Amen? Because you're not supposed to be a victim. You're supposed to be a victor. Amen? And so back to what Jesus was talking about, what makes you supernatural. He goes on to talk about um, verse 7. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the Spirit. Let me read that again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes or where it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Okay? So Jesus connects being born again to the wind. Where, where's the wind, biblically, in the, in the New Testament? On the day of Pentecost, right? 
Jesus pours out the Holy Spirit. It says there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. And when that mighty rushing wind came upon them, it says they were given tongues of fire. It says they prayed in tongues and prophesied. The pattern is all throughout the New Testament. The wind of God comes, they pray in tongues and prophesy. Amen? So there's this love affair that's supposed to be birthed with the simplicity of embracing the wind of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You see, the, re the religious guys just say, you know what? Come, come to the altar. Just say you believe in Jesus and everything's good, man. And, the, and, the, and you have these powerless churches. You have these organizations that have no influence on society. In fact, they look more like culture than they do the supernatural church, the remnant church, the wind, where the wind blows freely. Amen? You see, Jesus didn't say he was going to hold anything back from you. But he gave you everything you need. But we oftentimes neglect the one gift he gave us, the wind. Jesus, actually, Paul says this when he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. The word spiritual gifts, you see it italicized in your Bible? That means it actually was not, it's not uh, described. The interpreter actually, the, word, the Greek word pneumaticos was there. He says, now concerning the pneumaticos, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. The word pneumaticos in the Greek is the wind. Regarding the wind, don't be ignorant. Don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Don't neglect it. Put all your value in the wind. Because it was the wind that Jesus sent that awakened the church, birthed the church, sent the church, equipped the church, empowered the church, did everything that was needed to release the church into the supernatural. And so Paul, Paul's got this revelation. He's saying, don't be ignorant of it. Every gift comes from the wind. He goes on to describe the gift of faith, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, no, words of knowledge, prophecy, the working of miracles, right? All the gifts of the Spirit are birthed out of the wind. Amen? Amen. And this wind is central to your embrace to the depths of the Lord. How many of you know, no matter where you're at today, there's a deeper place in the Lord? Amen. There's more gifting. There's more oil. There's more equipping, there's more encounters, there's more impartation. And if you don't think that there's more, that there's always more, then all you're going to do in life is want to come sit in a pew to be entertained. But here's the deal. This wind is, a, is the gift that Jesus gave. He gave us the wind. He gave us all these metaphors for the Holy Spirit, the oil, the wind, the water, right? It's the flow. It's the movement of the Holy Ghost. One central element that is the whole picture of the outpouring of the kingdom of heaven on earth, right? And so this wind um, is actually connected to, so, you know, the hidden manna we talked about um, this morning about how, how to actually seek Jesus in a deeper way so that at this altar, the, the things that you can't see are suddenly seen and poured out in your heart and the secrets of the Lord are, are revealed to you. Amen? And so, you know, this, this experience that John has in the book of Revelation, um, in, in Revelation chapter 5, he says, uh, he's describing, he's describing uh, you know, the, the Lord um, as, as, as the Lord 
comes and, and opens up heaven. He says, John, come up here. And in Revelation chapter 4, he says, come up here, right? I have more to show you. Come up here. Who's been taken to heaven? Is there anybody here that's ever been taken to heaven? One maybe? Two? two? Why not? I'm being serious. You probably think I'm a crazy preacher right now. God's talking about going to heaven. You mean when I die? No, I'm talking right now. If John, if it happened to John, Jesus said, come up here. I have more things to show you. I want to reveal heaven to earth. I want to unveil the kingdom to you. If it happened to John and you believe in Scripture, why haven't you been taken to heaven? I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question tongue-in-cheek to, to entice you, okay? I'm going to tell you about a heavenly encounter I had back in 2011. That was the first time I was taken to heaven. But there's a thing here, guys. There's a, there's a revelation, dreams and visions. There are no limitations in the Spirit. You believe that? You see, when you are connected in the wind of the Holy Spirit, in, in the heart of the Holy Ghost, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to connect you to heaven. It's a very important part that you understand in the revelation of what Christ accomplished. You know, it says that Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. Paul actually said that if the law could have fulfilled and made you righteous, there would have been no need for Jesus Christ. It's the book of Romans in a nutshell, right? If the law that is self-fulfilling... You do this, you do this, you do this, and you do this. If you could have achieved it, there would have been no need for Christ. But you couldn't do it. Jesus had to come as a man. God in the flesh as a man conquered sin and death, conquered the wall of separation, and allowed you to come boldly to the throne of grace. He actually broke down the middle wall of separation. Nothing's holding you back except for one thing. The willingness of your heart to embrace the one gift that has the ability to take you there. Because if the law could have fulfilled it, meaning through the works of, of, of achievement in the law, if you could have done this, done this, done this, and done this, you could have got there. But the reason the Lord gave the law to the Israelites is because they refused to go up the mountain the first time. They couldn't get there. They, could, they couldn't go. There was an invitation. Moses was actually sent down the mountain to bring them up. And they, they responded saying, no, you go for us. Your face is glowing. You go for us, Moses. So the law was actually given to reveal a right, a, a, uh, the, the limitations of man. So a man will actually fall on his face and cry out for Christ. Come on, that's the punchline. Romans chapter 7. Paul goes, who will save me? Not the law. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. And you know what Jesus did? He goes, I'm going to make this simple for you guys. I'm going to make this so simple. He comes up out of the grave. He's got the keys, all the keys in his hand, all authority, all ability, everything. But he still has men who the Father wants to be able to make their own decisions. It's called self-will. You have a self-will, right? 
And the Lord, He got everything else out of the way. He got Satan out of the way. He got the law out of the way. He got the limitations out of the way. He actually says, I broke down the middle wall of separation and I am sending to you one thing, the Holy Ghost. I'm going to release the wind upon you. I'm even going to equip you and you're going to have a choice. People think, people think well, I got, I got to the altar and I prayed in tongues once back in 2004. Sit in church, I feel the tinglys once in a while, and that's as close as I ever get. And the Lord's saying, no, 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 you, you missed it. I gave you the Holy Spirit to take you by the hand and to be able to take you up that mountain that the Israelites and everybody else subject to the law couldn't achieve on their own. I sent you the Holy Spirit that you could either decide to fully embrace and chase or you could just go through your religious actions, Amen. your routines, your normal churchianity. Amen? Amen. Am, I, am I picking picking some things here tonight? <laughs> you see, when it comes down to it, it comes down to this relationship of this one supernatural force called the Holy Spirit who literally is saying, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. I'll take you there. I'm going to speak to you here. I'm going to do this here. I'm going to do this here. And he's, he's, he's waiting for a heart who literally will literally dwell at the altar and literally chase him day and night. Chase him day and night. People say, how did, how did you suddenly, how did you do this? How did you learn to prophesy? How did you um, start casting devils out of people? I don't know. I prayed all night long and he told me this and I went and did it. I prayed all weekend, while the rest of the people were doing this, and he told me this, and I went and did it. I don't know. I thirsted after him. Amen. I beat on his door. I held on to. I hold, held on to him and said, "Don't leave me." Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. You see, the first trip is actually just the first trip. Going to the altar the first time is actually like training, because then there's supposed to be a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. You get the picture? Because there's this, there's this relational dynamic with the Holy Spirit where um, it is supposed to be an expectation that you have encounters with angels. You have encounters with the Lord Himself. You actually are taken out of body into heaven and He shows you supernatural things. Come on, man. The Lord's enticing you tonight. He's, he's painting a picture for you that the supernatural is supposed to be a normal lifestyle for the Christian. Not, not just a pastor, not just a missionary, not just an apostolic whatever, you know. It's for, it's for the, the common folk. It's for you and me. It's for you and me. It's for everybody. Jesus is saying, come up here. I have things to show you. Amen? You see, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this thing that happened to me, and I, I can't explain it, but I started beating on, on heaven's door when I got filled with the Holy Ghost back in 2005. Me and there's two other guys that, I mean, we literally, we would, come, we would pray together. Um, we would pull, pull people from the city and other churches. We'd, we'd go up to this upstairs gym. Um, we'd pray and pray and pray, and we saw supernatural after supernatural after supernatural. 
And I got, it was contagious. I couldn't stop. And so that lifestyle was just, it was ingrained in me after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't like I had a one-time experience and then I just, you know, back to normal church. I chased him. And I learned that when I chased him, he responded. And when I chased him more, he responded more. And he showed me more and more and more and more. Amen? And so I was sharing the other night um, with Tammy's group about um, in 2000, uh, January of 2012, the Lord came to me and he says, I want you to pray for six hours a day in tongues for one year. And I was like, that's not even possible, man. I mean, I do some all-nighters. I pull some weekends once in a while, fast and pray, right? Pray without ceasing. But a year praying in tongues for six hours a day, that, that's... <laughs> and all I can tell you is, I, I said, okay, I'll, do, I'll do, do day one and see what happens. Did day one, did day two, did day three. Did day four, the next thing you know, I'm a month in, and supernatural things started happening to me, man. How many, how many in here have ever prayed um, an hour straight in tongues? Handful of you? How about two hours? Anybody ever pray two hours straight in tongues? Three hours? Four hours? Come on, man, you guys should be testifying of what happens, right? The presence of the Lord increases. Your awareness of the spirit world increases. Your vision in the, in the spirit world increases. That was what I learned. Everything increases in the spirit. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like one plus one equals two. He gives me Holy Spirit. I embrace Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues, and everything starts to be unveiled around me, okay? During that year, I was... I was uh, I had encounters with angels. I had G- Jesus came to me and he would introduce me uh, to certain angels. This is what this angel, when you see this in the room, this is what's going to happen. When you see this, this is what this angel does. Um, and he would give me these strategies, okay? And I just, I, I was taken to heaven on, on, multiple, occasion, on multiple occasions. And um, in this one encounter, I'll, I'll close with this. Um, in this one encounter, I'm praying, I'm praying in tongues, I'm, I'm, I'm beating on heaven's door one night, and all of a sudden, I'll describe it as this. I was in the Spirit, and um, you know how in, in Isaiah 6, Isaiah describes the, the angels, he calls them seraphim, they had six wings. Um, well, these two creatures, I didn't know what they were at first, but they appeared, they appeared before me. They literally reached into my body and, t- and took me out. They took me. I could, I, could see, uh, my, I could see myself leaving my body. And they took me to a, a, a side gate on the wall, a golden wall in heaven. They opened the door. And when they opened the door, the presence of the Lord was so heavy that it was like I couldn't stand up. It was like I, got, I was so heavy. I'm laying on the floor and I, I'm, looking, I'm looking in front of me. And there's this huge, bright, like, glory white light off in a distance. And, and one of the angels said, you need to get to the throne. And I'm, I'm, I remember I was on the floor. I was army crawling across the floor um, in what felt like forever. And um, when I got close, there was, there was a row, there was a, uh, like a mound of crowns. I crawl up on the, on the, on the, uh, the crowns. And I'm looking, and what I saw was Jesus as a lion, okay? 
And Jesus was, Jesus the lion was walking from corner, the four corners around his throne. And you know how a lion, like on, out in the Serengeti, they show the lion early in the morning, the lion bellows, and, the, and like that white, uh, white wind comes out of the, the lion's mouth. I mean, this, this, this lion was, ooh, ooh, and the, and the wind was coming, and he, he would go corner to corner to corner, and I'm watching, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, like the presence of God, I'm like shaking, I'm crying, and all of a sudden I look up, I became aware of this whirlwind that was around the throne, and there's literally thousands of these seraphim flying around the throne, and the two that originally took me, they came and grabbed me again, and they took me up in this whirlwind, okay? And as we're going around in this whirlwind, if you can envision thousands of voices going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. And I mean, this is going on and on and on, and they're, they're hitting me, they're, they're holding me, and they're saying, pray, say it like you mean it. And I'm going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And um, the, next thing, the next thing that happened was, um, it's like they all stopped because they heard the voice of Christ from the throne. And, and, the, and the angel looked at me, and he said, he's, he's calling your name. We have to take you there. And they took, they took me down. They stood me in front of the lion. And the lion, the lion is right in my face. And he begins to speak. And he says, tell my people, if they believe their prophetic words, they will experience their portion. And that's what I've been doing ever since. He breathed on me. And boom, I was back in my body. It was like an hour later. Okay? That may, you may say, well, that's, that's a little bit freaky. This guy is a little bit out there. But you know what? There should be so many stories in here of your encounters in heaven that it's normal. And they say, yeah, that's kind of a good one, but you should hear mine, baby. Right? You should hear mine, baby. Come on, say that with me. Say, you should hear mine, baby. <laughs> you see, the reason I started to pray like that is because, number one, he commanded me. He, wanted, he, he, he had a plan to em, enlarge me, okay, to expand my responsibility. And I believed it. So I started praying. I started praying. started praying in tongues, and, and I started having these encounters. And um, I'll tell you this. Up until that point in my life, I, I would go into worship, or I would be in meetings, and I would get downloads on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I could look at a person and prophesy to a person, but I could not prophesy to a whole room. And when I came back after that encounter with the Lord, when he commanded me, tell my people that if they believe my prophetic word, he actually multiplied my ability. He said, if you tell them, if they believe in my prophecy, they will experience their portion. It means they will inherit it. If you believe in the prophecy, you will inherit it. And after that encounter, you could line up a hundred people. I could prophesy. You could line up. You could put everybody from wall to wall. I could stand in front of you, and the Lord will show me. It's like a movie. I can't explain it. He breathed on me. It's all I can tell you. There's a new wind. You get the picture? Come on. There's always a new wind. There's always a fresh wind. There's always a new baptism. There's always a new encounter. There's always the next thing. There's always more. He's waiting for somebody to say, you know what? I'm tired of just sitting there. Amen. Oh, one more, Lord. Amen. You with me? Yes. Amen. Can I get an amen? Yes. Amen. 
my God, I want more. I am so hungry for more. I mean, it's a lifestyle. I mean, once you realize that you could, you could use one gift in one way, and then he breathes on you again, and he, he expands and multiplies and increases always. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you can do that for prophecy, you can also do this for me for healing. If you can do it for healing, you can also do it with discerning of spirits. If you can do it with discerning of spirits, you can also do it with strategy and apostolic assignment and prophetic insight. You get the picture? You see, in the kingdom of heaven, there are no limitations. He has given you the Holy Spirit. There is no excuse. He's given you the Holy Spirit. So the only limitation is right here in your heart. Come on, come on, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. It's not, Satan is an enemy. He's somebody you need to be aware of. And I, the story I told you this morning, that de- those demonic powers, they cause sickness, disease, they cause spiritual blindness, they cause depression, anxiety, fear, they cause all that. But, the, but they don't hold the keys. And when you're liberated in Christ, you have the ability to pursue him with all your heart because the Holy Spirit will, will take you into the depths of heaven. Amen. You got the picture? Yes. So I just want to, want to share, I want to share the, the way, okay? A lot of people, they look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit as it's like this one-time thing. And you don't, it's like there's no strategy in recognizing why the Lord sent you the Holy Spirit. If you understand what I explained about Jesus and the cross and the blood washing you clean, and he says, stay here, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's going to take you up the mountain and do what you couldn't do on your own as a religious guy. If you understand that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is every day about being baptized, every day about having an encounter, every day about being, oh, I need you, Jesus, I need you, Holy Ghost. I want to know what's going on in heaven. I want to see what the, what, what the Lord wants to do in this city. Are you, are you feeling enticed yet? You see, the only limitation is right here. Because he has given you the Holy Spirit. Well, show me that scripturally, Dave. Okay, I think I will. Good question. Good question. We went over this the other night, but I felt, I felt the Lord impressing upon this as a foundational thing in this house. Your prayer life will dictate where this church goes. And I'm not talking about a couple people gathering on one day a week for kumbaya tongues. I'm not mocking you. I'm enticing you. Okay? I'm talking about a people dedicated to knock on heaven's door together, to beat down that door with the expectation that the Holy Spirit was sent to you to unveil the kingdom. And as you are part of the unveiling process in this city, you need insight. You need manna. You need supernatural equipping. You need more gifts. You need to release the encounter of God out into this world. Amen? What gives you the right to say something like that? Because I was one guy that fell in love with praying in tongues and he took me to the nations. I can't, I can't take any credit other than I know the Holy Ghost. All right? And so this concept of the Holy Ghost in Romans 8.26, write this down. In fact, if you're thinking about getting a tattoo, get this one. Because if you understand this one scripture, it'll change your life. People say, what, what biblically is like the foundation? Romans 8, 26. 
For if we do not know what to pray for as we ought, which is, who's that? That's every one of us. For if we do not know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with a groaning we don't understand, a noise, a sound, if we let Him, if we give Him a a place, if we make time for the Holy Spirit. Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the perfect will of God. That's verse 27. You getting the picture? Here's the deal, guys. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that we don't understand. Why did He give you the Holy Spirit? To pray through you. Why did He give you the Holy Spirit? To pray through you. Verse 27, For He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Wait, who's He? The One who sits on the right hand of the Father waiting for you in your own free will, to embrace the gift and pray in the Holy Ghost. And that one sitting on the right hand that conquered all things is actually releasing the perfect will of God. My God, the the most awesome secret weapon you could ever release out of your mouth. Amen? He makes it idiot proof. He says that he confounds the wise, the learned. Jesus laughed. He mocked the Pharisees. They were like, we're, we are of Abraham. And he's like, you don't even know Abraham, dude. You don't even know him. He, the, the Pharisees are religiously reading Scripture and all the law. They can regurgitate it. They got it memorized. And Jesus says, and this is all in John chapter 5, by the way. He says, oh, by the way, you guys function by doing deeds and routines. I function by only doing what I see my Father in heaven do. And they're like, whoa. They were messed up, right? They were angry. And then Jesus puts this zinger on him. John 5.38, he says, he looks at him and he says, you guys are searching the scripture. Look it up. You should probably look this up because this is going to mess some of you up. He didn't say to be a, a, a Bible worshiper. He said to worship him. John 5.38. John 5.38. This is the other one you should tattoo on yourself. John 5.38, he says, you search the scripture because in it you think is life, but you can't see me, the living Christ, standing in front of you. You mean I'm not supposed to worship the Bible? No, you're supposed to worship the living God. Jesus points and teaches and reveals in the scripture, but he's living. Jesus is present right now. If, you, if you're only Scripture reliant like the Pharisee, they didn't see Jesus. They, they didn't know who Jesus was because they were spiritually blind. And Jesus is mocking at He's He's, ah, you guys are idiots. That's, what he, that's pretty much what he said, right? You're spiritually blind. 
deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually. He said, well, did Isaiah prophesy? In hearing you would not hear, and seeing you would not see. And Jesus is saying, I am the son of Abraham. How did, how did the gospel come to Abraham? Which, by the way, the gospel, it says in, in Galatians chapter 3, it says the, the gospel was preached to Abraham beforehand. What's the gospel? The gospel is the present God. He comes to Abraham in a dream. He reveals himself. He says, you're going to be as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. He gives him vision. He gives him encounter. He's the first son who sees in dreams and visions. And the Pharisees were confounded because they thought they knew God because of under, or not understanding, but knowing and be able to regurgitate words on a paper. And Jesus is saying, no, you're deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually. You can't see me. Right? You get that? So there's a supernatural calling of the Holy Spirit to literally embrace this Holy Ghost. The one who gives dreams and visions in the supernatural. And I'll, I'll close with this. Paul says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why is that? Number one, he wants a church that prays. He wants a church that knows how to ascend into the heavens, how to encounter the Holy Spirit, how to hear the Holy Spirit, how to expect in the Holy Spirit. And when you know the Holy Spirit, you can actually begin to interpret through the visions and the dreams what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. So he says, I wish you all pray in tongues even more than you prophesy. So there's this promise hidden, okay? If you go down to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, somewhere around verse 20, 21, Paul's talking about Trusting in the prayer life of tongues. Okay? And he references this scripture in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9. He says, to whom will I teach knowledge? The word knowledge there is not scriptural remembrance. The word knowledge there is the word yada. It, it means to ascertain by seeing, to encounter in the spirit. So he's saying, who will I teach spiritually? Okay? And to whom will I make to understand the message? Those who are babies, just weaned from milk and taken from the breast? For it is his prophets repeating over and over again, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, rule upon rule, like the Pharisee, rule upon rule, line upon line. And he answers, and I'm reading this out of the Amplified. He answers, he says, no, I will teach you with a stammering lip and another tongue. That's a, that's a pretty profound contradiction to the, the perception that you learn like you do, like you're going to college, right? You're, you're reading a book and, and you're trying to study and memorize and, and learn it. And the Lord is saying, no, 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 you will learn supernaturally. You will be imparted things supernaturally in a way that confounds the wise, the learned. He goes, I'm going to teach you by impartation. I'm going to reveal things to you. I'm going to unveil things to you. He says, no, I will teach you with a stammering lip and another tongue. You know, that's a, there's a promise hidden in there. That, that, uh, that line actually is a, is a Hebrew picture of a, of a baby crying. When a baby cries, does the, does the mother have to think about turning on the milk? Or does the milk just flow? Come on, you moms, you can't just turn off the milk. 
right? The milk just flows out. And that, that picture is a promise that if you pray with a stammering lip and another tongue, I will not be able to resist you. I will not be able to hold back from my sons and daughters. I will turn to you and I will begin to speak to you. I will begin to reveal to you. I will begin to give you visions and dreams as I've promised. And I will make you the most powerful supernatural force on the earth. Amen? You got the picture? You see, this picture is a, is a supernatural picture, okay? And, you know, at the end of the day, um, all I can tell you is I'm doing what the Lord told me to do when He took me to heaven and blew on me and said, tell my people that if they believe in the prophetic word, they will experience their portion, right? So there's, there's a lot of bad theology out there that says that, that is just all messed up about the whole concept of prophecy, okay? Some, some, of, the, some of the description um, of what to do with a prophecy is, well, you just put it on a shelf and you let it see, let's see if it, if it comes to fruition. Well, that's not real. That doesn't require you to make a decision as to whether you believe it or not. If you believe it, you're going to pray into it you're going to ask him questions about it. You're going to knock on his door. You're going to hold on to what he said. You said, Lord, you said I'm this fearful, woeful, unable, unqualified man. And you said I'm a warrior who will raise up an army around the world. There's a difference. There's a little bit of a difference. And the only connection point to the difference is whether or not you believe it. And there's a lot of prophecies that will not come to fruition if you don't mix your faith and begin to knock on heaven's door and literally start to become what, what He has, has revealed to you, okay? But here's the deal, guys. It's about your prayer life. There's no excuses. I mean, this is, this is a pretty basic, fundamental, spiritual revelation here tonight, okay? Tongues... A lot of people get the gift of tongues and they use it once in a while. They use it when they come to church. They don't use it at home in their prayer life. They don't use it on a daily basis. They don't recognize its power and ability to actually reveal and unveil you as who you are in Christ. Okay? Because if you did, you'd pray. If, if, you, really, if you really believed that He gave you the Holy Spirit so that you could be taught with a stammering lip and another tongue and the supernatural ways of the Spirit would be poured out in your life, you'd do it. Is there, any, is there anybody here who would say, you know what, I'm, I'm, changing my, I'm changing my Christian walk tonight. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I am going to start believing God every day. I'm going to set my alarm. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray in tongues. Even if you pray in tongues for 30 minutes. Do, do I have anybody who will give me 30 a day? Come on, I'm at an auction here. Do I, do I have a 45? Can I get a 45? Can I get a 45? <laughs> I'm joking with you. But here's a, here's, here, what's going to change this is when you go from 10 people prophesying 
to actually 50 people praying in the Holy Ghost, expecting the Lord to speak, and suddenly the Lord starts showing up in 50 people's lives, and you come running through those doors, and you start looking around, and you do see angels, you do see demons, you do see the vision that the Lord's given you for the people around you, and suddenly the whole church is laying hands on people, people are being set on fire, and the real church is awakened instead of a handful of people leading the church. The body starts to embrace the way of the Spirit, and the way of the Spirit it becomes normal. Instead of one guy standing up and saying, I was taken to heaven. My God, what if if Pastor Dave had like a line of like 10 people just this week who are saying, I want to testify I was taken to heaven. I want to testify. This is what the Lord showed me. I want to testify. He said, this is, this is what this lady's going to do. This is what this man's going to do. I want to testify. I couldn't prophesy last week, but the Lord came and laid his hand on me, breathed on me. God, I got a fresh wind, and now all I do is see visions. Everywhere I look, I see visions of people. Ah! Come on, man. What would you look like? What would the church look like? This city, there's nothing that could stop you. Nothing that can stop you. The only thing stopping this church from being absolutely on fire in the supernatural realms of heaven is your heart. And either you're going to willingly grab hold of this simple gift and trust that, oh my God, I don't even know what to pray, but I'm going to give myself to prayer. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for me and everybody around me with groanings I don't understand. I don't really understand the ways of the Lord other than I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take me there and take the church there, take the body there, take this city there. Amen? Amen. Can I get get anybody that would say, you know what, starting tomorrow morning I'm, I'm giving 30. So start, starting next week, I'm, I'm doing 45. Starting the week after, I'm doing 60 minutes. And I'm going to pray until Jesus shows up. You see, there's a lot of people in here you've never prophesied. You've never had a word of knowledge. There's people in here who have never prayed in tongues. You may, never, you may have never seen anybody do this, but I value the gift of the Holy Spirit so profoundly that I can't leave certain places without knowing that you had an opportunity to embrace the one gift that Jesus had. That you are not left powerless in any fashion. Amen? You see, you're never, Jesus didn't render His church powerless. He gave you everything with the Holy Spirit. He gave you everything with the Holy Spirit. He gave you all ability all supernatural opportunity to become what you're really called to become. Amen? Amen. And the only thing hindering you is not your enemy called Satan, although you need to learn how to deal with that. Your heart and your willingness to trust and rely on the way that Christ gave. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, deliver me from my religious ways. Deliver me from my false comforts. And in every way, I've compromised your vision. Deliver me from complacency and baptize me fresh and new in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Jesus, baptize me right now with a new baptism. Come on, lay your hands on the, per- to, on the person beside you and say this, say, Holy Ghost, get them good. Give them fresh wind. Come on, give them fresh wind. Give them holy laughter. 
Give him supernatural encounter. Every form of heaviness. Leave them now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I release upon you. Fresh wind. I decree your tongue will wave like a flag in the wind. It will not stop. You will be granted hunger and thirst to pursue the Lord and the ways of heaven day and night with expectation of visitation, encounter, deliverance, healing, and supernatural awakening. No matter what you are today, the Lord calls you a giant killer. You're a giant killer. You're a slayer of dragons. You are one. You are one who hears the Lord, who dreams his dream, who sees his vision. And the enemy is a victim of your prophecies. You were born to prophesy. Come on, I take authority over every demonic power that has bound your tongue. I break that lie right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over insignificance and inability. I break that lie in Jesus' name, and I call you baptized in fire. I call you able to cry out to the living God. I call you able to roll out of bed every morning and say, Jesus, whatever you gave me yesterday, make it a double. Make it a triple. Make it a quadruple. I want more. 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 I will not relent until you encounter me. Because I expect in you, Jesus. My God. My God. My God. Come on. My God. Nothing can stop you, church. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. He poured it out, baby. He poured it out. Lord, I pray right now for encounters. I pray for them to see the calendar, Lord, and to see the date that you have circled, Lord, that as they honor your gift, as they embrace this supernatural prayer language, as they begin to expect your promise that with a stammering lip and another tongue, you said that you would teach them, you would reveal to them, you would take them to heaven. Lord, I decree right now those days marked on the calendar that they, that they would be honored to experience your presence, Lord. They would be honored to be taken into the heavenly realms. They'd be honored to be taken up like John to see the secret things, to be given the manna of heaven. Amen. Come on, Lord. Come on, I decree your thought process, your inability is broken. Your inability is broken right now and that the joy of the Lord will draw you close. The Lord says, I'm happy with you. I'm not angry at any one of you. I am not angry at any one of you. No, I am not angry at any one of you. <laughs> Come boldly to the throne of grace. My God, I'm not angry at any one of you. Come on, man. You feel that? Come on. The Lord says, I'm not angry. Religion says I'm angry, but that's a lie. I am not angry, says the Lord. I say, come boldly to my throne of grace. Do not stay far off. 
Do not neglect my gift called the Holy Spirit, but come near me. Come near me. Come near me. Come near me. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.